Hey folks, this is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting-edge information on holistic eye care, wellness, and uh, I'm really glad to be here today. It's, uh, it's really interesting, the, the scope of questions that I get. It's pretty broad, and uh, we have some really good questions today. So I think I'm just going to jump right in, and let's, let's get started. All right, this first question is from Karen, and she's uh, writing in because she's concerned about her mother. And her mother has had two corneal transplants, and she's still having issues. She's on uh, one medication, uh, which is called Simbrinka, which is a, a glaucoma medication, and she's taking Sustain as well, which is for dry eye. She bought the MSM drops for me, and she tried them on her mom several times a day, but it's not relieving the dryness. And she also has her mom on oral MSM, but she still has issues. What can she do? All right, Karen, thank you so much for the question. I think this applies to lots of folks. You know, if we've got a serious eye condition, and in this case, we've got corneal transplants and we have glaucoma, and third, dry eye. And we're looking for that quick fix, you know, that uh, how can we get my mom out of these symptoms and maybe treat the causative factor. Whenever you use complementary alternative therapies, it's going to take time. And then this particular situation, uh, with both the cornea and the glaucoma situation uh, going on, which is creating the dry eye, Ultimately, what's happening is, is that there is a poor circulation getting to the eyes, and second, there's an inflammatory response going on. And as I've said many times, that one of the things we have to take a look at is the systemic and metabolic influences on our eye health. And if we just try to th- treat the eyes um, in an isolated way, um, we're not going to get very far. So in this particular situation, um, I'm going to give some some advice and some ideas. I would uh, seek out uh, probably both a um, acupuncturist and maybe a craniosacral therapist. And in acupuncture, I would explore the um, the possibilities of improving the circulation uh, to the eyes, and you can do that in acupuncture by working with different meridians, especially the, the liver, gallbladder, <clears throat> spleen, digestive area. Sometimes acupuncture can actually start moving the chi that's stagnating and it's getting uh, congested in the eyeball. And you can use needles that are really far away from the eye so you're not working near the eye in terms of the acupuncture needles. But those meridians run from the bottom of the feet to the top of the head. Uh, Now, it needs to be a very skilled acupuncturist. You can't just find somebody in the yellow pages. Uh, But I would start with perhaps acupuncture. I would also look into a craniosacral therapist to see if you can improve, again, the circulation flow around the eyes and the head. You know, the cerebral spinal fluid is intimately related to our eye circulation and our um, our eye health. 
this would address some things with lymph and inflammation, which are kind of the, the, the driving forces behind both the cornea issue and the dry eye issue and the glaucoma issue. MSM eye drops by itself are not the magic bullet, Karen, and um, certainly it's a start in the right direction, but um, I would consider you know, upping the fats and oils, um, especially the omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and again, this is where you might want to get a point a person who's a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic doctor. Your mom needs a lot more support on a systemic and metabolic level, as well as working with the eyes. If you just try to work with the eyes, you're staying in the same model that eye doctors do, which are saying, well, let's just work with the eyes and that's it. But this is a systemic and metabolic, this is a whole body issue. It isn't just an eye issue. Um, I would consider um, something called Eyebrite. Uh, this is a, uh, a tea that you can actually brew up and you can use it as a compresses over the eyes. A cool compresses would be, would be great. So you could brew up the tea, cool it, use a, a soft washcloth, cover the eyes, um, at least in the evening, maybe in the morning. There's also an over-the-counter eye drop called uh, Simoliacin. I would start using that in conjunction with the um, MSM. Um, and between the two of them, maybe you, you might begin to get some relief. But with a corneal transplant, this is, uh, this is a very um, difficult surgery to get um, you know, adjusted to. You know, there are now surgeries out where you can actually in, um, put in a plastic cornea, and um, this does resemble a human cornea, and if a person can get adjusted to it, sometimes it's, uh, it's a possibility. So you could talk to your ophthalmologist about the plastic cornea if you're going to do another corneal uh, transplant. You know, cornea, the cornea is made up of collagen, so another issue here is collagen health. And if somebody is suffering dry eye, they're probably deficient in many trace minerals that support uh, the cornea. These would be things like uh, selenium and chromium, magnesium, zinc. Uh, so whether you get those from your foods and or a really good eye supplement, I would definitely uh, consider that. Um, and B complex, especially the B vitamins are very helpful for both corneal health and dry eye. But this is definitely a, a long-term project uh, in, in that you must address the um, systemic and metabolic forces that are behind the eye deterioration. I would consider my eye exercises because with the eye exercises, your mom then could interact with her eyes in a way to increase her circulation and reduce her stress. And um, so those would be things that I would um, consider. Uh, I, it's not an easy answer and it's not a simple answer. Um, I don't think that the MSM orally is also the, the big picture. I mean, things like curcumin, which helps reduce inflammation, and ginger root, you know, these are things that sometimes can help 
reduce more of an inflammatory response, and really boosting the eye nutrients, lutein, zeaxanthin, uh, astaxanthin, bilberry, uh, taurine, quercetin. You know, I would be really going all out in that and then have the naturopath check your mom's dietary absorption. She's probably deficient in digestive enzymes and also probiotics. So this is going to take a lot of work. It's probably been this way for a long time. So there's going to be two phases, getting her out of the relief zone, uh, into the relief zone, uh, reducing some of the symptoms, and then looking at this from a more long-term um, uh, change. So thank you so much for the question. I uh, really appreciate your participation. The second question is from Cheryl, and she's uh, dealing with glaucoma. She's taken uh, her glaucoma medications, and she's asking whether or not she should taper off the medications since she's now taking the MSM. Well, glaucoma is a very serious disease that needs a close monitoring of visual fields, optic nerve health, and intraocular pressure. And when somebody is, is diagnosed with glaucoma and they're given medications, there definitely are some side effects to those medications. And sometimes they work pretty well, sometimes they don't work so well. And the, the bottom line is, is that when a person is diagnosed with glaucoma like you are, Cheryl, what I would be thinking about is how can I improve my energy flow, my eye circulation, increase my lymph, um, get tested for heavy metals, uh, take a look at any inflammatory response that I have going on in my gut, um, and taking a look at my stress level, am I on a digital device, what's my lens prescription like, Am I taking any other pharmaceutical drugs that could be influencing the eye pressure? You know, these are all things that you must consider before you even go off your medications. And it's really, um, it's not accurate to say, well, if I start taking MSMI drops, I can leave my medications behind. It just doesn't work that way. The glaucoma is a very deep, vascular imbalance that's going on in the eyes and probably throughout the whole body. You know, there's some studies that actually correlate glaucoma with other vascular diseases like high blood pressure, um, diabetes, and even in early stage Alzheimer's. Now, I'm not saying that that's your situation, but the point I'm making is that you must deal with your vascular health um, in a better way. Um, I would consider acupuncture, craniosacral therapy, uh, lymph drainage therapy. Um, I would go to a natural medicine doctor and get tested for heavy metal toxicities. I've had uh, patients over the years where they've discovered high levels of lead or cadmium or mercury. This can create an inflammatory response in the body, and it can also impede the eye circulation. And when they chelate the metals out of their body, their retinas, uh, their optic nerves improve their health, and the glaucoma pattern tends to reduce. 
So you have a lot of other things to do uh, besides uh, thinking that the MSM drops are the answer. So I don't think you should go off your medications. Uh, I think you need to address many of these other things uh, systemically and metabolically first Keep going back to your eye doctor and being monitored, and he or she will let you know if your pressures come back to normal, if your optic nerve visual fields are getting better. This is this happened to me the other day with a patient who I've been following for about four months, and she did go back to her eye doctor, and he said, well, you know, your, your eye pressures are normal, your field reading is normal, I don't need to see you uh, for another six months, so... She actually did the program and she got the results that she was looking for. That's what I'm going to invite you to do. So thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. Okay, next question. Uh, this is from uh, Irene, who is asking a question about sunglasses, that they should never be worn, especially ones with polarized lenses. And she was on a website and the person on there was promoting, um, you know, sun exposure and that if you use polarized glasses, this produces a magnetic field in the eyes. Okay. I'm going to try to distill this for you, um, Irene. And here's, here's what I would say. I believe that we, um, we need light as a nutrient. And light is a food, and one, one of the ways that we get light into our body is through our eyes. The other way is through our skin. We actually need a small amount of ultraviolet light. Um, it's important that we get the full spectrum natural light um, every day. I think a good strategy is to go out there at sunrise or at sunset and get your light diet uh, satisfied at those time periods. I would even add stand in some grass or dirt in bare feet to ground yourself so you're grounding all the electromagnetic waves that maybe you absorbed during the day where your work day or you know being inside under fluorescent lighting and LED lighting uh, or digital device exposure all of those things definitely um, negate your wellness. There's no question in my mind that there is that correlation. I also believe, however, that um, in our uh, current state of affairs and our wellness, it's very individualized in terms of how much sun exposure we can actually tolerate. You know, we have fair skin, uh, some people are dealing with toxicity, some people are dealing with skin cancer, and, you know, at the deepest level, uh, although we do need natural sunlight to balance our endocrine system and our nervous system, it is also important to moderate, you know, like too much broccoli, too much uh, kale is not good for you, you know, rotating your diet is very important, and, you know, a lot of these health gurus they're they're very extreme in their advice and you know to just make a broad brush um you know recommendation well you shouldn't be using polarized glasses sunglasses because they do this that or the other to you to me is not um prudent 
Um, in fact, I think that um, wearing sunglasses and polarized sunglasses to deal with glare, especially if we're driving or we're on the water or hiking high up, we live at high altitude, um, I think it's perfectly fine to wear a good pair of polarized sunglasses as a way to pre protect your eyes from overexposure of the sun. Um, there are studies that show that too much ultraviolet exposure can affect our, our lens, create cataracts, macular degeneration. Uh, the same token, the blue light exposure, uh, both from the sun and mostly from digital device, devices and artificial lighting affects us. And that blue blocking lenses, uh, especially indoors or in the evening, would be helpful. So I'm of the school that moderation is where we want to go with this, that yes, get natural sunlight, get exposed every day, uh, but also you want to protect yourself uh, based on you know, your own individual situation. And the bottom line is listen to your body, listen to your eyes. You know, one of the uh, pieces of advice I give people is when they go to a store and they're going to buy some sunglasses, put them on and ask themselves, how do I feel in my body? How do I feel in my eyes when I look through these sunglasses? And if you start feeling dizzy or nauseous or a headachey, then it's not the right filter for you. But if you put them on and you go, oh, this feels good, you know, I, I actually enjoy having a little bit of a, a darker uh, experience, and I know this will help me when I'm in the sun, and you get a high-quality polarized sun lens, I think it's, it's something that you can use in your repertoire in terms of you know, having the highest degree of eye health possible. So using these tools like sunglasses as a way to protect your eyes is actually really a great idea. So thank you so much for the question. I really appreciate it. This next question is from Sherry, and she says that her vision is terrible, that she's got 7.50 prescription in the right eye and 6.50 in the left eye. She's only a 23. She's dealing with a posterior blepharitis and also dry eye syndrome, um, and she wants to get um, her eyesight back to 2020 without lenses. Any tips on how to do this? Okay, wow. So any prescription that we get from the doctor is basically a, um, it's a readout of where we are in that moment based on our adaptive response to our environment. So as an example, let's say that you're having a bad day and you go to the eye doctor, and the eye doctor's flipping lenses, which is clear, one or two, and you have no idea, and you guess number two, and you get the lens, and you start wearing it, and you go back to the doctor, and the doctor says, don't worry, you'll get used to it. And so you start wearing this prescription based on this decision that you made in a moment, uh, based on the day that you went to the eye doctor's office, and this is the prescription that then your eyes are stuck in. It's, in other words, the eyes are frozen in this particular prescription. And if we kind of rewind to the very first prescription that you ever got, uh, you probably had some stress or confusion in your world, which caused your mind and, and brain 
to uh, make some decisions about how you were going to see the world. And that programming was then validated when you went to the eye doctor where the eye doctor just corrected you for the blur. And they're not really correcting you for the blur. They're compensating you for your adaptive response. And when you treat the blur with a compensating lens, it's only going to make your eyes worse. And yes, we can say, well, it's genetics. And, but actually, it's, it's more about how our environment influences our genetic destiny than just, well, it's just genetics and that's it. So in this particular case, uh, Sherry, 23, pretty young, having, having these other conditions like posterior blepharitis and dry eye, these are symptoms of the constriction and the contraction that her eyes are dealing with by being in this level of prescription. And the more you wear the prescription, the more it embeds the pattern in your eyes. And this just not does not echo in the eyes, but it also echoes in your posture, movement, emotional responses, energy, um, your thinking, your problem solving. So any prescription in the eye is also being influenced in the body. So, you know, the first thing that you have to recognize is that improving your vision is going to take some time and that the byproduct of improving your vision is uh, getting rid of your lenses so that you see 2020. It shouldn't be the goal because if it's the goal, you're never going to get there. So this is very process oriented of learning about the habits and the belief systems and the attitudes that caused you to go down this rabbit hole to begin with. And this is where the eye exercises can be very helpful. So I know Sherry referenced that she's farsighted, but you ought to check in with that. If it's a positive lens, then it's farsightedness. If it's a negative lens, a minus lens, it's nearsighted, nearsightedness. So whichever one you have, I would start in with the eye exercises that the 90-day eye clarity program, and that's where I would begin. I would begin there, and I would do those for a few weeks and see if you start to become aware of your eyes a little better, you know, some of the habits, the stress that um, you're under around your eyes. And then maybe you can negotiate with your eye doctor to say, hey, can you give me a slightly weaker prescription? Maybe even the eye doctor could give you a balanced prescription, you know, so that you, you have the same prescription in each eye. So this is an important point because when you wear different prescriptions in each eye, it freezes the imbalance of each eye to focus and to operate in that different kind of uh, position. When you start prescribing symmetrical lenses, this is a therapeutic um, situation then where both eyes can begin to come back into balance. I would really focus in on, if it's a nearsighted uh, process, the plus lens to blur with the eye dialogue, and that's in the 90-day clarity program. And I would begin to start um, maybe going without your lenses um, a few minutes, you know, while you're in the bedroom so there's no demand, no demand on you visually, you're in a very safe environment, start doing that, start doing the eye clarity program. I would start eating better. So more nutrients 
that affect your eyes, the, the green leafy vegetables, more plant-based, healthy fats and oils, um, you know, antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, low gluten, dairy, and sugar, um, making sure you're getting your trace minerals, checking into any inflammatory response you have in your gut, uh, taking a look at your EMF exposure, your exposure to digital devices in the evening, and your sleep patterns. Uh, if there's been any trauma in your life to maybe go see a craniosacral therapist, work out some of the physical trauma in your body, which could improve your eyesight. So there's lots of things that you could do. It's a whole health journey. It isn't just eye exercises independent of your body. You have to work with your whole being to see if you can begin to reduce this pattern. Can you? Yes. Whether you get back to 2020 without any lenses, that's a tall order. But even if you could reduce your prescription 5%, 10%, 20%, it would be an amazing improvement in your eye health. And some of these things like dry eye and blepharitis are uh, due to the high degree of prescription that you're wearing, which is creating the constriction to begin with. So Sherry, best of luck to you. Uh, why don't you write me and let me know your progress. I'm, I'm interested and I know you can do it. Okay, this next question is from Wendy and she's had cataract surgery uh, in both eyes about six months ago, actually about three months ago. And apparently both of the implanted lens were cloudy on the back. And she's going to go back in November, and we call this the YAG laser treatment, where they take this membranous uh, material off the lens to clear it up. And she's also saying she's got blinders on the outside edge of her vision, and she was told nothing can be done about it, that that's from the incision, and it will go away in time. All right. Well... Wendy, um, first of all, you definitely want to get this uh, lag la YAG laser procedure because that will give you a lot more clarity. And this happens in a very small percentage of cataract patients where this film kind of is over the, the lens um, due to your own biochemistry and your interaction with the um, cataract uh, implants. So that will help a lot. Uh, number two, I'm going to say that it's very important for you to get blue blocking lenses. I think that because you're going to have the new lenses, you have the new lenses in your eyes, you're going to be more susceptible to the blue, blue light pollution that can cause macular degeneration. So blue blockers would be something I'd like you to get for your digital devices, indoors, TV, um, during the evenings, uh, very important. Sun lens, I think it'd be very uh, worth it for you to get a sun lens for outdoors um, for at least part of the day. UV protecting, uh, really important for you. Now, in terms of the, you know, the blinders that you're, that you're seeing and the incisions, I think what would work really well for you is to start in with some eye exercises. So part of vision is seeing from the brain. It isn't just an eyeball experience. And it's the brain that generates much of what we see. It's just our eyes are the portal that we use. 
So doing these eye exercises would begin to include the brain in the equation of learning to develop more peripheral awareness beyond, and, uh, beyond what you have right now. Do you know that stress is one of the big reasons why we tunnel our vision? And yes, you have some physical limitations because of the incisions, but you can override those to a degree by generating more dilation in your peripheral vision, which is generated through habit um, and uh, exercise and developing more awareness that goes beyond the blinders right now. And you can do that through the eye exercises. I would recommend doing the, <clears throat> the, the eye clarity program for um, nearsightedness. And the reason why I say that is because nearsightedness is a lot about excluding our peripheral vision. And it, we tunnel it. So it, even though you don't have nearsightedness, by doing the 90-day eye clarity nearsighted program, one of the aspects that you're going to gain from this is by uh, learning how to open your vision up. And you're going to do that through your body and through your brain, and your eyes are going to recognize their edge of periphery is way beyond where you are now. And I know that may be hard to understand, but jump into the program and do it for a few weeks, and you'll see what I mean. Last but not least, make sure you're eating a diet that is full of antioxidants and phytochemicals so that your eye health is maintained through these nutrients. Okay, best of luck to you, and thank you for the question. All right, this is the last question for today. This is from Paula. And she's asking if I've ever heard of um, a parasite fungus growth called microsporidia, which can um, affect the cornea. And she wants to know what she can do about it. And she's also suffering dry eye, and she's on restasis. Okay, yes, I have seen cornea microsporidia. Uh, this is a very uh, unique and unusual parasite that um, affects the cornea. It's, it's a, a f also kind of like a fungus, uh, so that it's been, you know, um, classified as that as well. And it can cause uh, conditions like keratitis, which is a type of corneal inflammation, um, scleritis, and um, so it creates a lot of inflammation and infection in the eyes. Um, so let's start here. I wrote an article in Mind Body Green. It's a blog that I did on the ocular microbiome. And it's somewhere on my website, or you can Google Mind Body Green Dr. Byrne ocular microbiome. And scientists have now discovered that we have good bacteria in our eyeball and that um, if we do things like, um, you know, eat a, a high inflammatory uh, uh, foods in, in, in our diet or we do a lot of gluten, share, uh, sugar and dairy and, you know, we're contact lens wearers or we work on uh, digital devices all day, um, 
or we use a lot of pharmaceutical eye drops. These are some of the risk factors that may reduce our ocular microbiome. And so when we reduce our ocular microbiome, this then opens us up to susceptible you know, viruses and, and infections and microorganisms like what you're dealing with. And a lot of times, you know, when there's a, a reduction in the microbiome in one part of the body, there's probably a reduction in the other part of the body. So one of the things that I would look at as a beginning is, number one, what is the state of your immune system? And we can answer that by saying, what's the state of your dietary absorption and your intestinal health? And it may be by going to a functional medicine doctor and really getting a full workup that this particular pattern that you have going on, whether it's uh, fungal, mold, heavy metal toxicity, um, all of these things could be contributing to the fact that the immune system in your eye has been reduced, you don't have enough of the microbiome, and you're dealing with this situation. Um, and there's an overlay here because you mentioned chronic dry eye syndrome. This also brings in our metabolic health, our thyroid health, our adrenal health, um, you know, what's happening in your estrogen levels. So these are all things that I would begin to address beyond the eyeball that, again, going to a naturopath or a, a functional medicine doctor, you would get a bigger picture and there would be more for you to work on, you know. Um, I think that restasis on the short term is okay to use, but it's actually kind of like an immune suppressant um, because it's suppressing an overproduction of white blood cells in the eye, which actually uh, clog up the uh, glands in the eye. And yet what you're wanting is more immune system in your eye. Uh, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, you may consider, you know, again, upping your fats and oils. Um, you may consider the MSMI drops with the eye exercises that improve the eye lymph. Um, and then to take a look at some of the nutrients that you may need to help your uh, eyes get stronger, which would be the carotenoids, the antioxidants, the B vitamins, the trace minerals, you know, all the things that I'm promoting. And you can do this through your diet, through foods, you know, more plant-based, uh, an anti-inflammatory diet, making sure you're getting your probiotics and you know, fats and oils that help reduce inflammation that's also probably going on in the background as well. So there's a lot of things, a lot of places for you to plug into. I wouldn't over-identify with the ocular infection that you have. It's good to note. You want to be under the care of an eye doctor. But I think if you start looking at this from a kind of a bigger picture, um, you start getting support on those foundational levels and then you start doing your eye exercises and some of the more natural remedies for your eyes, I think you have a better chance at the very least to reduce your dry eye symptoms and not be influenced by this um, uh, microsporia uh, um, that's, that's, that's affecting or has affected your cornea. So I hope that helps. Um, Thank you so much for the question. It's very informative. 
Okay, everybody, I'm going to sign off here. Thank you again for tuning in. Remember that I'm on Facebook Live every Wednesdays, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, to take your questions on iHealth. So I hope to see you there. All right, take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.